Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. My name is Elliot Danker. It is now time for Why It Matters. And we're talking about supply chains, the vital global connections between the making of products and their delivery to customers worldwide. This is something that's been tested in recent years. I mean, we've had a series of shocks, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, of course, there's the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, the continued deterioration of multilateral trade relations, all of this damaging the reliability of global supply chains. So, how can a country like the Philippines strengthen its participation in global supply chain? I'm very honoured this afternoon to be able to speak with Alfredo Pascual, the Secretary, Minister of Trade and Industry for the Philippines. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good afternoon to you, Elliot. Sir, I want to start by talking about uh, strengthening the Philippines' participation in the global supply chain. The importance of all of this. What are your thoughts on some of the gaps that you've noticed where global supply chain industry is concerned and how can the Philippines help there? Well, each industry has its own supply chain. In our case, we're targeting certain global value chains by value or supply chains and trying to insert ourselves into this uh, supply chain. For example, uh, we have clustered industries like industrial manufacturing, automotive. And uh, under that one, good example is the, uh, the supply chain for critical minerals, specifically nickel. We are a uh, major holder of uh, reserves for nickel. And, you know, nickel, along with uh, cobalt and copper, are what are called now green metals. So we are now a major exporter, of course, next to Indonesia, which is the biggest exporter of uh, nickel ores. Now, what we're trying to do is to uh, be part of the value chain as much possible where we can add the value within our country, okay? While at the same time feeling the needs of uh, those that are in uh, the business of making use of critical minerals. And the most, the growth industry there now uh, consists of the electric vehicles. Our our aspiration in the Philippines is because we have the raw ores, uh, which almost all being exported, 90% to China, and we're importing back to the Philippines the uh, batteries that uh, come out of the uh, nickel ores. So what we're trying to do now is uh, have discussions with uh, companies that uh, have the technology so they can partner with our mining companies and for these mining companies in joint venture with the the company with the technology to uh, go downstream in the uh, supply chain. Uh, Initially, the uh, manufacturing or processing nickels to produce what we call battery precursors. And then part of the, there's very very specific discussions that uh, we're now overseeing as uh, we are in the business of giving incentives to investments. So one already includes a partner which has the technology for going beyond battery precursors down to actual battery manufacturing. Okay, so that will uh, initially from ores to battery precursors through processing of the ores, and then making use of the precursors to produce nickel, which will eventually uh, go into the manufacturing of uh, batteries. Mm. Now, if you look at that value chain, 
The Philippines has a lot of what we call uh, contribution based on its uh, natural endowment and current uh, situation. For example, producing electric vehicles, you make use of electric products, electronic products. And right now, the Philippines' biggest export consists of electronic products and semiconductors. So we have the production capability for the electronic components as well as the expertise for uh, designing semiconductors that go into uh, this product. Another element is uh, the domestic market. We have a big market, so we can complete that supply chain. Now, it's out of order, but I'm giving it that way because of uh, an acronym we came up with, GEMS, G-E-M-S, Green Metal, Electronic Products, Market, and the S is Software Development Capability. As you may know, we are a major provider of uh, services to uh, multinational companies and electronic companies in uh, semiconductor and software development. So that's the uh, supply chain that we're talking about, that we're trying to develop within the Philippines, but in partnership with uh, foreign partners, Mm -hmm. with foreign companies that have the technology, and hopefully also some market aside from our domestic market. A partnership seems to be the way of the world post-pandemic. I'll get into free trade agreements in just a while. Although, since you brought up nickel, right, you've ruled out imposing a ban on nickel or exports to China and other overseas markets. I, I kind of gauge your ideology behind this ecosystem, but could I get your point of view? The export is a natural thing to do because we don't have processing plants in the Philippines. Now, there were suggestions that we ban the export of nickel, but cannot just ban the export of nickel when the local miners will have nowhere to sell their products. Mm. So we thought, the thought process was that uh, we should have the uh, capacity to make use or to process the raw nickel ores in the country. And that's where we are at now uh, in terms of our negotiation Mm. with partners. Actually, these partnerships will be between Philippine private companies on one hand and foreign private companies on the other. So... Together, they will uh, work this out, and we will be there to provide the inducement, you know, like Philippine government provides the incentives, fiscal and uh, other support. Where does China fit into all of this, the importance of building that relationship, the importance of getting Chinese investors into the Philippines? Well, you know, the technology of China with respect to electric vehicles is rather advanced. There are big exporters of electric vehicles. And the first step, of course, is to open our market to uh, Chinese electric vehicles and then partner with the exporter in developing, in processing the the ores and in eventually manufacturing Mm -hmm. vehicles in the Philippines. And it makes sense given the shifts in uh, geopolitical uh, forces around us. When the U.S. says uh, they want to diversify their sources of supply, okay, the Chinese are also looking ways of diversifying where they will supply from. In fact, when people were asking you know, about the exodus of American companies from China, no, it's not just American companies that are uh, looking for new locations, but also Chinese companies looking for locations outside China. Most are going to Vietnam now, but of course, uh, there is, I don't know, I don't want to call it saturation points, you know, but the, the magnitudes yeah. are large. You know? yeah. So the Philippines could be another alternative location in partnership with a co-ASEAN member like Vietnam. Which leads me to something that's been in limbo for about six years now, uh, the free trade agreement with the EU. 
I suppose, you know, on the back of our conversations about partnerships and whatnot, now is probably the best time to get this restarted. What are your thoughts of the potential well, I, of it? I spent a couple of trips to the <laughs> EU to uh, talk to my counterparts and get them to see the fact, you know, that it's about time that we resume the negotiation on an FTA We were uh, working on it up to 2017, and then suddenly the discussions were suspended. But uh, in the meantime, we were enjoying uh, preferential uh, uh, trade access to the European Union through the GSP, the General uh, Scheme of Preferences. Plus, there are added uh, benefits in the GSP+. Plus. Okay, why then should I now or should we now push very hard to get an FTA? Well, we're very optimistic about the growth of the Philippines and we expect that within the next two, three, four years we will become an upper-middle-income country and as an upper-middle-income country we will lose eligibility under the GSP. And that will put uh, in a very difficult spot some of those that are enjoying Uh, this GSP Plus. A good example would be our fishers, the tuna fishers. Mm. It's a major mm. uh, export of the Philippines to the EU, yeah. in the billions of, of dollars. So we will lose that competitive market access. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, So we have to make sure that by the time we lose the eligibility under the GSP Plus, that there is you know, the next step, yeah. which is to go for FTA that would hopefully preserve the access and uh, trade preferences that, that we have under GSP+. So that's the biggest impetus really from our impetus. side. Okay? From, of course, from the European side also, they don't want to lose the market like the Philippines, which is a big population and a growing middle class. You know, I anticipate that, of course, they'll ask for uh, tariff reduction on their car exports. And, and that's fine, you know, because we're already open to car exports coming from uh, other ASEAN countries. So that will just mean more competition in our domestic market, which is good for our consumers. That's really a peek into the macro side of global supply chain. I've been speaking with Alfredo Pascual, who is Secretary Minister of Trade and Industry for the Philippines. Sir, thank you so much for your time today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.